1: You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. These listener questions are totally distracting me from election coverage, Liz. Just think, by the time our next episode drops, we'll probably have a result that will be over. (laughs) Can't happen soon enough.
0: Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me well, living in Minnesota, I guess, right now. And with me is my high school friend and (laughs) writing
1: partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this
0: episode, we are doing one of my favorite, favorite things. We're doing a Lightning Listener Questions episode. Yay! And you all sent some of the greatest questions, so this is going to be super fun.
1: Yes, and we will we have to try to remember to be lightning, Sarah, because we we tend to go on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Lightning, 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 lightning. Sarah, should we just dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This is from Simone. She says, how do you find an agent to market your IP for film slash TV? Partly it depends on what the IP is. Now, if you're a novelist or you write nonfiction books, hopefully your publisher will have connections in Hollywood.
0: Right. Often, publishers have agents who work for them who act as kind of intermediaries between agencies and the publisher. And also, there's a company called Storied that represents a lot of newspapers and things like that that publish articles and various things. And so you could check and see if whatever form of media published your IP has some kind of deal with storied and then try and go through them. Yes. And then Jackie had a related question. She said, let's say you found an IP from a new author you want to adapt. What are the next steps? What should you know be prepared for as you talk to your reps and getting the rights? Any tips, tricks or suggestions would be greatly appreciated. That is, we've never successfully done this. I just want to say that right up front. Every time we call our agents to find out if the rights to something are available, they're not. But if this is a new author, then Godspeed, you may have a chance. (laughs) Yeah, call your agent. They can check on the rights. And then if you don't have a lawyer, consult with a lawyer, find a lawyer to talk about how to get the rights in a way that gives you time to develop a project without paying much in advance. Because you shouldn't have to pay a ton for rights. That should come when you sell it. So really what you have to do is just convince the person that you want the rights from about why you're the right person to do this, why you love it so much. So you have to first find out if the rights are available through your rep and then get access to the writer and just like sell yourself.
1: For one thing, right now, everything is so topsy-turvy with agents. If you don't have an agent to ask, I think you can go directly probably to the author. I mean, especially a new author. You could DM them probably and say, do you have an agent I can contact about your rights to your material? So I do think authors are probably easier to get to than we even realize they
0: are. That's a good point. Okay, And then we have not a question, but a comment. (laughs) Um, Jenny wrote, Liz, I love that you don't cook and that you're honest about that and other things you consider shortcomings. I hate to cook and it cheers me to hear I am not alone. There is no reason we should like to cook and we don't need to feel badly about it. Keep being you. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jenny.
1: I appreciate that. I really do. That makes me feel good that my lack of cooking cheers someone else makes me feel good. (laughs) And then Connie says, since you mentioned that you had worked with Harlan Coben at one point, I'm curious to know if you have watched his Netflix series. I enjoyed The Safe, The Five, and The Stranger. I still need to watch The Woods. Yes, Sarah, you're a huge fan of The Stranger.
0: Yes, I thought The Stranger was great. I haven't watched the other ones, but I will. And I wonder if The Woods is based on the book that we at one point were going to adapt with him. its I think it probably is. So we should watch that just for fun.
1: Yes, I bet it is. And one thing I just want to comment on is that Harlan Coben is such a great guy. So whereas <laughs> some people I don't want to watch things because I don't like the person, I yes. actually love Harlan and it makes me want to watch his stuff more. I know, he's the best.
0: Abby said, when you're totally ready and excited to relax with a good TV show, what drinks, cocktails, wine, and snacks or treats do you enjoy?
1: Well, I'm a Chardonnay person. Snacks (laughs) can range widely. But, of course, chips and salsa. And I don't like wine,
0: and I don't drink vodka very often, um, which is really the only thing I like to drink. So... Water. Um,
1: and pirate's the, like, booty.
0: Pirate's booty. Yep.
1: Lately, Sarah, I've been trying to watch TV on the treadmill. So I will say when I'm watching on the treadmill, I do not drink Chardonnay. <laughs>
0: That's good. I drink water.
1: <laughs> Given how likely you
0: are to fall off the treadmill desk, that is good.
1: <laughs> Sarah Jeannie had a comment. She said, I don't have a question, but I'd like to thank you for the Happier in Hollywood podcast and this group. And she's referring to our Facebook group where a lot of our questions come from. She says, I'm not in the TV or writing business, but find you both to be interesting women and compelling speakers. (laughs) Why, thank you. You share your real selves with us, and that is powerful. Found you through the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast and love that too. Well, that's a nice compliment. I know. And then Paula
0: uh, commented right after that. She said, I agree and have been impressed by what a supportive group this is. What do you think made this such a warm, supportive group? It's so wonderful how questions are answered with such genuine and thoughtful responses. And I know this is not a question and we're doing a Lightning Listener Questions episode, but I just thought this was so nice and also accurate. Like, I find... If, if there's about a day about our group, about the about our group, in our
1: group. Yeah. they're
0: so nice and they give such good responses to things. And I find like if I'm having a grumpy or difficult day... If I go to this group and just kind of read through it, I feel better. So thank you. I just wanted to say I really do appreciate that.
1: Yes. Borrowing from the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast, I will say gold star to the members of our (laughs) Facebook group who do um, offer such good insights. Anything from like how to deal with, you know, um, divorce To good gift ideas under $50 for someone graduating from high school. It really (laughs) ranges. Yes. Claire said, how many
0: people besides you both and Chuck work on the podcast to make it ready every Thursday? Well, it's
1: really just us and Chuck. Yeah. And then there's an ad team at Cadence 13. Yes. Who send us ads and get, you know, advertisers.
0: Yes. And then we have Crystal and Annie who do our website, happierinhollywood.com, yes. and they put up our show notes and you know yes. deal with all of that stuff.
1: Yes. And then there's a whole team at Cadence 13 working on a more meta level. So it's <laughs> a lot of people, but the core is the three of us. Yeah. Plus Crystal and her team. Jill has a fun question. If you could take three items and three food slash beverage items on a desert island, what would they be?
0: Okay, so... I have watched Naked and Afraid, so I am uh-huh. prepared for this question. And I know exactly what I would take. Okay. I would take duct tape, I would take a machete, and I would take a cast flint. iron Dutch oven.
1: What about a flint? You got to have fires there.
0: I can use the machete and a rock, I think, to start a fire.
1: That's going to be a tough, tough job. Let me just tell you, I'm Having being optimistic. Every episode of Naked and Afraid, <laughs> um, I would go with the flint, the pot, and the machete. What if we're on the same island? Then we could oh, like spread okay. out. Then we can pool yeah, we can resources. diversify. <laughs> my comfort item, because you know I love Survivor, and you get to bring a comfort item, would be my mm. blankie that I sleep with every night, of course. And then food, beverage. I also thought this
0: through. Apple, pirates' booty. Diet Coke, because I'm assuming there's fresh water on this island. I'm just going to give us that.
1: I'll go pizza, burgers, Diet Coke. (laughs) Super, We're (laughs) super healthy.
0: (laughs) Okay. And then Madison said, I'm dying to move back to L.A. and keep trying to get back into the film industry. It seems like a lot of shows are starting up, but I'm worried about how the election and virus numbers going up will affect my chances of getting hired
1: out there should I stay home and keep saving or make the leap? Boy, that's a tough question right now. I want to say take the leap and go for it, but my gut tells me right now you're better off saving money and waiting until things stabilize more.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would say reevaluate every three months Mm
1: -hmm. because I
0: don't feel like there are going to be any fast changes, but I certainly wouldn't come to L.A. right now.
1: No, I just think it's going to be a long time before anything looks the same and that's going to mean fewer jobs. Yeah, sadly. Amy says, what are your biggest pet peeves related to driving? Well, I don't know if she knows that I hate driving, always have, (laughs) didn't have a car for years out here and Sarah had to drive me around. So, I mean, I just have a fear of getting into an accident. That's my biggest pet peeve. Is my own fear?
0: <laughs> is yourself my own um, phobia? <laughs> mine are just inconsiderate drivers. Anything related to being inconsiderate on the road—people who don't let you over when you have your turn signal on and there's space—and then they like speed up to keep you from getting over. It, that's just rude. People who are slow in the left-hand lane, just like any kind of just that's basic me. inconsiderate behavior. We're all sharing the road. Don't be a jerk. Podcasts help a lot, which right. <laughs> yes. And then, oh, interesting. Tips for taking a break with alcohol. Alternative drinks. How to stay mentally strong.
1: Yes. Heidi I, is asking this.
0: Yes. I don't drink that much. So, Liz, this is all you.
1: Well, this is a good question for me because I did alcohol-free April, you'll remember. I'm sort of seemed to have developed the habit of doing like a sober month every year. <laughs> I mean, tips, I always think the best thing you can do is see it as a positive as opposed to a negative. You know, reframe it as something you want to be doing instead of as something you feel like you have to do. Um, that's hugely helpful for me. Alternative drinks. I mean, I think if you just want the sort of ritual of of alcohol, which I think is what so many people, why they like to drink is the ritual nature. Pour your like seltzer or whatever into a wine glass. I find anything in a wine glass just seems more festive whatever it is.
0: That's mm-hmm. funny. Anna has actually started giving Violet water in a wine glass at dinner uh, every oh, night that's because funny. she just thinks it's awesome.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, there yeah. you go. You know, and I also think having a buddy is really helpful if you want to do sober December, or whatever. Have a friend do it with you because, again, then it seems like a fun activity you guys are doing together as opposed to something you're slogging through by yourself. And for an ultra alternative drink kira suggested sparkling water
0: with a squeeze of lemon and a couple of shakes of cocktail bitters that sounds Mm. good
1: yes Maybe I'll try that.
0: Okay, Liz, this next question is for you as well, because I don't watch Selling Sunset. But she says, Claire says, I've been watching Selling Sunset on Netflix. Having never been to L.A., how representative is this of life there? It's compelling watching
1: during lockdown. Okay, I have watched every episode, of course, <laughs> of Selling Sunset. It is not representative, certainly, of our lives, are there women who wear like stiletto heels to walk all around Los Angeles every yes, single day I mean are. I think there probably <laughs> are I think there' I think there's a segment of the population that lives that way it's kind of having your hair and makeup and clothes perfect every day and going out a lot. Yeah, I think that happens in L.A. But it's not like everyone. It's not. I think it's a very small number. (laughs) No one we know or have ever known has lived that way. (laughs) Coming up, we've got more of your listener questions. But first, this break. Okay, Sarah, we have a great question from another Sarah. She says, what tips do you have for how best to fuel your creativity during a pandemic? Mm. Um, Well, we talked about this and we came up with a few tips. Number one is something we've talked about, which is scheduling time to worry. So rather than spending all of your waking days worrying about the pandemic, just say, I'm going to worry about that at 8 p.m. tonight, but the rest of the day, I'm not going to worry about it. And that will free up your brain a little bit. And then
0: get in nature. We do work hikes when we're in the same place, and it really helps us. Just like liberate our minds when our bodies are moving and when we're in a pretty setting. So that is huge. And I think also like just letting yourself have some free creative time. Like if you, you might just need to kind of release your creativity. Like some people find if they paint, they have a better idea mm-hmm. for writing. And that kind of thing.
1: And at the same time, Sarah, and this is kind of how the opposite of a truth is also true, (laughs) I think being disciplined with your creativity. So, you know, what writers know is that you don't just write when the mood strikes you. You have to sit down, butt in the chair, as they say, and just force yourself to do it. So I think it's don't expect to get struck with some amazing epiphany and ideas. Just sit down and force yourself to be creative. Yes,
0: Terry asked, I recently spent a 70-minute Zoom meeting on my DIY desk treadmill. Woohoo! Accumulating almost 5,000 steps. I was at a 6 incline and a 2.0 speed. I really worked up a sweat, though. How many hours does it take you to accumulate your steps?
1: Good question. Mm, Wow. Well, I certainly wouldn't do it at a six incline. I'll tell you that much. No. So I'm doing at least 10,000 steps a day, which for me is three and a half miles. So if I'm on the treadmill desk, that takes a while because I usually do like a 2.0 or a 2.5. So whatever the math is on that. If I'm just walking, you know, fast, obviously, it takes a lot less time. Yeah, and it's funny because I never
0: think about how long it takes because we're just on there. Like, I don't have a desk now. I only have my treadmill desk, Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a chair that sometimes I sit in, but I— If I'm not walking, I'm standing. So I don't even really pay attention to how long it takes, but it really depends on what we're doing. If we're just on like a creative phone call and I can walk quickly, then it goes really fast. But if we're actually writing and moving things around in a document or on Zooms and, you know, that kind of stuff, then it takes longer.
1: Yeah. For me, though, what I know is it's three and a half miles. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, Meredith says, I want an update on Sarah's parenting a rebel child. Does she still think Violet is a rebel? How is it going?
0: <laughs> um, yes, I definitely still think Violet is a rebel. And information, consequences, choice is, you know, still sort of the mantra of our household. I mean, I think it's going well, as well as as <laughs> parenting can go in general, but... Um, rebels are rebels. I mean, they're great in a lot of ways. So I just try and focus on the great ways and mm-hmm. and not like poke the ways that make her be rebellious, if that makes sense.
1: It's interesting because it's almost a an exercise for you as a parent of just accepting that you can't make her what you want her to be. She's going to be who she is, which is what we should all do. You know, all of us right. should let our kids be who they are. Violet just makes that more obvious. Right. Exactly. Yes.
0: I, I am not going to control her into <laughs> being this or that. She will be yes. who she is. Yes. yes. Fortunately, she's cool. Okay, and then Laura has a two-parter. She says, part one, what is one of the kindest things someone has done for you that had a profound or transformative effect on you slash your path, personally, professionally? And then part two, what is one of the kindest things you've done for someone else that had a profound or transformative impact?
1: Well, Sarah, when we read part one of this question, we both had the exact same answer. When we were just starting out, we'd never been hired to do anything nothing. We had a spec script for a show called Once and Again that had been submitted to the um, American version of Queer as Folk. Yes. And
0: so Richard Kramer, who was running that show, and he's, you know, kind of a legendary writer. Didn't he write the first Gay Kiss on TV?
1: Yes, for 30-something.
0: And he's just incredibly talented, and we were kind of you know, like, oh, it's Richard Kramer, you know, so we had a meeting with him, and then he read our script, and i I mean, I will never forget this. I came home, and there was a message on my answering machine, which people still had then, And I played it, and he said, Hi, Sarah, because we were not roommates at this point. It right. was just me. He said, Hi, Sarah. This is Richard Kramer' I'm totally going to ball when I say this. This is Richard Kramer. I just read your script. I would have bought it and shot it. I thought it was wonderful. And I my knees gave in. Like, yes. we were at such a time in our career where it was just like, we just really didn't know if it was going to happen. And it, yeah. we were so early and we didn't know anything. And it could have gone either way. Totally getting teary. And, and like, The fact that he did that and said that, it just totally overwhelmed me. And it was the first thing that made me feel like, okay, we can do this. And I called you sobbing. Oh, yes. I couldn't tell.
1: I had no idea. I was like, what's wrong? What's going on? Wait, what? I should mention we did not get the job on Queerest Folk. But no. <laughs> we went out to dinner with Richard and he gave us all <laughs> kinds of advice and it was the emotional boost that we needed to yeah. keep going and it was it it was so impactful. Yeah. What's one of the kindest things you've done for someone else? You know I, I think, I don't know what the kindest single incident is. I don't have like a, you know, fairy (laughs) moment where we came in and had fairy dust, but we do try to, whenever we can, just like open doors for people and also really encourage people that we think are going to make it. We try to tell them like, you will make it. And I hope that that gives them the encouragement that is similar to what Richard gave us.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I think if you asked Richard, like, what's the kindest thing you've ever done? He wouldn't even think about or remember what he it. did for us. It wouldn't even occur to him, yes, or remember it at all. So I hope that there are things that we have done that have that kind of impact, but and we just don't even know it. I
1: hope Fingers so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, Laura also wants to know, Sarah, if we are ever going to do another Writer's Weekend, we will someday, I think, but it, we can't even think about it right now. I know it's like it sounds so
0: great. <laughs> it sounds like the most fun thing in the world to do right now. It's just such a weird world.
1: And as for doing it online, I just don't think with Zoom fatigue that we're up for a Zoom yeah. writers' weekend. I think we. I don't need think to do it do would it in be person. possible.
0: Yeah, it's so intense. Like yeah. for. For us and for the people who are there. I, I literally don't think it would be, it's zoomable.
1: No. But we'll do it in person someday. Coming up, we answer a burning question about our favorite yoga pants. But first this <laughs> spring... NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Okay, Liz, Wendy wants to
0: know what our favorite yoga pants are for not doing yoga. Yoga or non-yoga. Mine are Sweaty Betty. I love my Sweaty Betty power leggings.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Now, I don't think technically they're yoga pants. Hmm. But they are my favorite yoga pants, whatever they are. <laughs> They're leggings. We share our love for Sweaty Betty leggings. Yes, and that's not an ad. It's just true. And
0: then Kayla asked, have you ever totally disagreed, the two of us, on how to pitch or write a show? And if so, how did it resolve itself?
1: Well, it's like we have minor disagreements or, you know, discussion all along the way. I don't know that yeah. we've ever had a global disagreement about uh, how to pitch a show. And we get through it just by discussion, 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 really.
0: Well, and I also think like I'm just thinking of a project, for example, this is a purely theoretical one because I don't even have a specific real example. But if there was something that you really wanted to do and I really didn't want to, it would just sort of fade away. There are so many different things kind of coming at us and different possibilities and books and this and that and pitches. And if it wasn't something that we both really wanted to do, it just would stop being something we talked about.
1: Yes. So I guess the answer is no. We've never totally disagreed on how to pitch or write (laughs) a show luckily. Yeah. (laughs) I love this question from Tracy. She says, as a high school English teacher, I have been dying to ask you, how did your high school teachers help you become great writers? You have both credited your high school for your writing skills. Yes. We went to a school called the Pembroke Hills School in Kansas City, Missouri, and we had incredible teachers of all sorts, but you and I both loved our English classes. So we always Mm. talk about our English teachers.
0: Yeah. And I actually think that my 7th and 8th grade English teacher also, like, really helped me nail the mechanics of writing. The, like, Mm. sentence structure, where commas go, just, like, basic stuff like that that people who come out of college often don't know how to do. Yeah. And then we just had such brilliant English teachers. They were so
1: passionate. Yeah. We read great stuff. And we had to write a lot. All of our tests were essay tests. We had to write a lot of papers in many classes. You know, and one thing in our school is you could have electives. And so I think one year, like, I might have been taking three English classes uh, in a semester. So I think we were just reading and writing a lot. And also there was just a lot of discussion. It was just, it was a very literary. Yeah, they made us good thinkers and challenged us. Yes. I hope our kids have as great of an experience as we did in high school. Yes. Okay. Amber asked, why do you think it is, this
0: is another cooking one, Liz, that both Liz and Gretchen don't cook? I don't know why, but I find it fascinating that two sisters from one family with a mom who cooked don't cook themselves, although Gretchen does cook eggs.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, one thing, I guess my mom was so good at it, like, I didn't need to do it. Um, I also think, you know, in our family, uh, career was really emphasized. So I just was always worried about getting into college and what my career was going to be. And I just literally (laughs) never gave a thought to cooking anybody anything. (laughs) But my mom is an amazing cook. Amazing. And then Meridi asks, what is the favorite thing you have ever written individually or together? That's a good question.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm torn. I love our pilot for The Fix. Yeah. And American Beauties, the pilot script we wrote. And there's also an episode of The Shield that we wrote that I loved. Wasn't there an episode of The Shield that we
1: wrote with Adam? Yes, we did. That was a good episode. That was a great episode. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to go with the fixed pilot just because emotionally it meant a lot. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then Joan said, I think you're both amazingly courageous women. Thanks, Joan. I know you've discussed various fears you have, but could you tell us the best way you have found to deal with your fears, deep breathing, vitamin supplements, medication, mantras, et cetera? Well, as you are always the mantra person.
1: Yes. I Mantras help me a lot. Also beta blockers, I've mentioned for (laughs) pitching, which block adrenaline. So that mantras and beta blockers are how I manage my fear. How about you? Mantras, yes. Deep
0: breathing. We also will do like the power pose, the superwoman pose before meetings if we're anxious, which helps. I don't do that, but
1: I didn't know you do that.
0: We've done that together in the mirror before a meeting. I don't remember that. Okay, I'll take your (laughs) word for it. Oh, that's hilarious. Anyway, but the funny thing is this question reminded me of something one of our listeners sent us. She is an artist and she makes these amazing greeting cards her name's Laura, and she's at Oh My Doodle. She's from Minnesota, actually. Anyway, so she posted something on our Facebook group, and I was like, Oh, can I, where can I find this? And she sent it to me, and it's When You Jump. It's this really cool card, and it says, When You Jump, the fear is gonna stay with the plane, which I love. And I was like, Wow, that's really smart. So, Liz, this morning I looked at the back of the card. Because I thought, oh, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. And it says, quote is from the Other F Word podcast, December 7th, 2016, episode eight Elizabeth Craft on fear. Oh, you're kidding. I said that. <laughs> so apparently, Liz, <laughs> I find my fear inspiration from, from you. <laughs> All right. Hey. I know. You know, you're very that's wise. what a good
1: partnership is.
0: That's why Gretchen calls you her sister, the sage. <laughs> that is hilarious. I know. So thank you so much for these amazing questions. Yes, thank you. Great questions. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments... Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com.
1: Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, king of remote recording. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And
0: as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project.
1: Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler.
0: Get in touch. I'm on Instagram, at and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job.
1: And we enjoy it.
0: How crazy is that about that card i was like that wait a minute liz said this. Hysterical.
1: well that's why i'm sure why she picked it right <laughs> i know but it's
0: like literally on the refrigerator that at my house is... look and i brought it to show you that.
1: i don't remember saying that well but i must apparently have you did <laughs> from the onward project